Good morning, good afternoon, evening, wherever you are in the world today. I welcome you to Wow, What a Show. And it is quite a show. Every day, the heavens are declaring the glory of God. Every day, the firmament shows his handiwork. The Bible says that day unto day utters speech and night unto night shows knowledge. There is no place in this world where this language is not spoken or heard. God bless all of you who have come to join tonight as we dive in once again to the Gospel of John, reading through, and we are at chapter 6. I am Phyllis, your host, and this evening I am very pleased that uh, Pastor John Thomas is going to sit in the co-host seat. He will speak of course, to correct me <laughs> if he did so desires. And if not, we just uh, welcome him and are very glad he's here. I must recognize that um, my dear sister, Teen, is here. Uh, God's word entered the live studio. Welcome. So glad that you're here. Light touch, my faithful sister, uh, Tony. Richie, also very faithful. And we just thank God that all of you are so well, just here. I'm just glad that you're here. May the Lord our God be pleased forever and ever. And I do hope that, uh, you know, as you come, you will share in what we are doing by giving your comments. And of course, now I'm going to tell you, I, I welcome anyone to be a co-host, but if you send that invitation to me during the podcast, I might not see it. And uh, sometimes I it, it, it's astonishing, well, what's the word? It surprises me. And so I, um, I'll get a little bit off off uh, my train of thought. So if you want to read with us, please, by all means, let me know in advance. And you know, the um, I'm going to write it in the chat. The, uh, what do you call the thing? My email is uh, phyllis, P-H-Y-L-L-I-S, phyllis at Rehoboth Institute. Dot org, <clears throat> And after we get in a little bit, you know, I'll try to get all this done. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if I haven't put it in, remind me before we are finished. And I promise that I will do that right. But right now we're going to just kind of take off. I am Phyllis, the host. And as I said before, this is wow. What a show. And we are the live podcast of Rehoboth Institute of the arts. We are here doing what we do, and that is exalting and lifting up the name of our Father, our God, our Redeemer. We just had Easter, right? The our yearly or annual celebration, you know, the day when we set aside to remember the uh, eternal sacrifice that was made there for the redemption of the whole world. God so loved the world as it is written in the Gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse 16. He gave his only begotten Son so that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And as we read through tonight and as we've read through this, this uh, Gospel, we hear that word, believe, believe, believe. Whoever believes. Very important word. I want us all to put it in our store of important words, important vocabulary, so that we contemplate, we think on it, and we consider 
what the Lord is saying when he says, if you believe, believe. We probably should do a word study on, on that one, uh, origin and all that stuff, because it is so important in understanding what the call is. So uh, welcome and thank you, Pastor Thomas, for joining us this evening. You may indeed uh, say hello to the listening audience. Praise God. Can you hear me? I hear you. Yes. Oh, okay. Welcome, everyone. Glad to see that you're here. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you, <laughs> everyone. That's Pastor John Thomas. He is uh, doing a, a wonderful and new thing with church. And I'm so ex- really glad to know him. I uh, met him just almost, it was a fluke. You know, I was talking with my cousin who attends his church, and she told me when I invited her to be my guest, oh no, she says, you want my pastor. And surely enough, Pastor Thomas joined us, gave us a a whole, I think, 10 to 12 week session uh, last uh, summer, started in, I think, April. And we ended, I suppose, about uh, July, maybe it was uh, somewhere near September. I'm not quite sure, Pastor. But all of those um, Um, All of those recordings are on the podcast episode list. So if you go to Rehoboth Institute of the Arts, we have a number of podcasts that are there. You may really be benefited by listening to some of them. And uh, you go all the way back and you will hear why indeed this podcast was born, you know, what, what was happening here. I invite all artists to join me because ultimately giving those people who are gifted by God to be a witness or to give witness in, in their writings or something that they are doing, that is the purpose, a platform. We can talk about what you are doing. We can highlight it and encourage others to be about the business of the kingdom. So with that, uh, I shall pray um, and ask our God to, well, Pastor, would you pray for us tonight? Amen. Mm-hmm. Heavenly Father, we come to you this evening and seeking your, your knowledge. We come seeking your presence. We ask you, Father God, take the veil of our of flesh and not a heart of uh, stone. We ask you that you will loosen our necks for our disobedience. Father God, bless each and every person at the sound of my voice. Give us your knowledge, your wisdom, and give us your understandings that we may be able to do what you have called us to do. Empower us. Give us that healing. Give us that deliverance that we so very need. And we just say thank you in advance for what you're doing, what you're doing for us and what you're going to do for us. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Okay. Amen. Amen. I am muting myself so that we don't get quite so much feedback. It's beginning. And we're asking the Lord to uh, rebuke all the interference that happens through the cyber Uh, space there and causes us to be cut off and not hear from time to time so with that i'll i'll mute when you're talking when you're when you're talking 
when I'm talking. Pastor, if you were mute, I got a little confused there. Also, Pastor, if you would come a little closer to your mic, your volume is coming up and down. I don't know what's going on with that, but um, the, that those are the issues we're having right now. So praise God for his mercy, mercy and his kindness. And I will begin the reading. Um, we're in John chapter 6. And I want to uh, pay attention, I want us to pay attention to something in the Gospel of John that I find really very, I don't know, it, it just kind of keeps you in the narrative mode, right? Every, every chapter almost is a follow-up to the first, to the last chapter. So uh, John begins exactly as it's going to be again now, not with the same words, but you get the sense that things are happening in chronological order. So we begin with chapter six tonight. I will read and you follow along with me. I may stop and comment because this is a very, these chapters are long. They are packed full of the goodness of God's word. Those nuggets, actually, they're actually big stones, if you will, uh, gold that nourish and guide and teach us how to walk with Christ and what great things he has done. I started by saying also that we recognize the uh, resurrection of Jesus Christ and that Pastor Thomas delivered for me um, a perfect, almost perfect resurrection message. I went to my church in the afternoon and I was with him in the morning by way of conference line. And I will I've already asked permission to air it on our podcast. It will be in the episode list and it will hit right in. Um, I'm going to bring it up uh, at the time when we actually are talking about uh, the resurrection in this uh, gospel. And I also want to say that we celebrate the resurrection, the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ and this miraculous uh thing that he has done for us to become sin for us, that we might also enter into fellowship with our God once again. We do that every time we take the communion. When we receive the body and blood in the, in the symbolic bread and wine, as he did with the, with the disciples at the Last Supper, we remember, we remember at that time his death until he comes. We replay the actual work that was wrought through Jesus Christ on the cross. And I want you, if you have not considered it that way, every time you do uh, take that uh, communion uh, supper that, you know, with uh, uh, fellow believers, remember the significance of that. Jesus Christ on the cross for you and for me. Alrighty, so here we go. The second Passover is how this is subtitled in my uh, Bible, the Bible that I'm reading tonight. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias, and a great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles, which he did on them that were diseased. And Jesus went up into a mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. And the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was nigh or near. When Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he said to Philip, 
Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Um, just one second, I'm going to. If there's anyone working in their kitchen or doing some other work, I ask that you also would mute yourselves so that the noise will not bleed into uh, the podcast. I I think that sometimes that's what's going on. Okay, thank you. So he says, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Verse 6. And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he would do. Isn't that amazing? Jesus asked the question, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Now you may be asking the question, Why did he at that point ask? you know, to buy the people bread, because John, uh, in, in his uh, recounting of this event, doesn't tell us that they had been there for a long time. But I believe it is in the book of Luke that tells us that Jesus had, these people had been there, he had been teaching them during that day. And that there was such a great crowd because um, it is Passover time. This is the time of the Passover. And we know that all the Jewish people would come in to the temple, wherever it was. And um, so that accounts for the large numbers. But he asked Philip the question, where are we going to buy bread, you know, to feed all these people? They've, they've been out here, you know, they're tired. They're probably hungry. And Philip said, well, 200 penny, uh, penny worth of bread, 200 denarii penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, there is a lad here. He has five barley loaves and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, make them sit down have them to take a seat. Now, there was a lot of grass in the place, so the men sat down, in number about 5,000, large crowd. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were set down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Now, I don't want you to think that these are the bones or the scraps that they're gathering up. These are the leftovers of the broken, multiplied bread and fish that Jesus Christ miraculously created that they would distribute and feed the people. All righty. Um, then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus, I'm sorry, there, I'm, verse 13, therefore they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the miracle that Jesus did, said, This is of a truth, that prophet that should come into the world. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, 
he departed again into a mountain himself alone. And when even was now come, his disciples went down to the sea and entered into a ship and went over the sea towards Capernaum. And it was now dark and Jesus was not come to them. He hadn't come to him. And the sea arose by reason of a great wind that blew. So when they had rowed about five and 20 or 30 furlongs, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing nigh unto the ship, and they were afraid. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. Then they willingly received him unto them and uh, into the ship, and immediately the ship was at the land where they went. The day following. Now, I want to make a little comment here. We're going to come back and read through some of this, you know, make some more comments. But I want you to pay attention to the fact that he was walking on the water. They were afraid. He told them who he was. He gets in and immediately the ship was at the land where they were going or where they headed, where they went. Even though we see also that the uh, waters by the way of the wind was all uh, riled up, right? And it could have been a dangerous journey. But immediately the ship was at the land. Okay. The day following when the people which stood on the other side of the sea saw that there was none other boat there, save that one in which the disciples had uh, were entered and that Jesus was not with his disciples. Either. He didn't go into the boat with them but that his disciples were gone away alone. Howbeit there came other boats from Tiberias nigh unto the place where they did eat bread after the Lord had given thanks. When the people therefore saw that Jesus was not there, neither his disciples, they also took shipping and came to Capernaum seeking for Jesus. And when they found him on the other side of the sea, they said unto him, Rabbi, where, uh, when came you here? When, when came thou hither? When did you come here? And Jesus answered them and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, you seek me not because you saw the miracles, but because you did eat of the loaves and were filled. Labor not for the meat which perishes, but for that meat which endures unto everlasting life, which the Son of Man shall give you. For him hath God the Father sealed. Then said they to him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus answered and said, This is the work of God, that you believe on him whom he sent. Once again, you believe on him. John 6. Once again, remember the word believe there in that context. Um, you believe on him whom he hath sent. They said therefore to him, What sign showest thou then that we may see and believe thee? What dost thou work? Our fathers did eat manna in the desert as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Can you imagine? He just performed this amazing miracle. Of course, they may not have known the details of it all, but the disciples truly did. He just fed them all. And I suppose that as men do indeed tend to think, they reason that 
they went and bought the bread and brought it back and then distributed 5,000 people. And Jesus at the beginning is that we don't have, you know, they had about what the, the scholars are telling me is about six months worth of money on them. And that would not have been enough, uh, a, a salary of six months, six months salary and equality there. That would not have been enough to feed those 5,000 people, 5,000 men, right? And they're asking him, show, well, tell, tell us how, how are we going to believe you? Show us, verily, verily, I say unto you, Jesus says, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and gives life unto the world. Then they said to him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He that comes to me shall never hunger. And he that believes on me shall never thirst. But I said to you that you also have seen me and don't believe. You still don't believe. He just gave them both bread from heaven and bread of, 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 from the earth. He fed them and he taught them. He is giving them the spiritual sustenance as well as the physical sustenance, and they are confused. They don't believe. He says, you will never hunger, and if you believe on me, you shall never thirst. But I say unto you that you uh, also have seen me, and you don't believe. All that the Father gives me shall come to me, and him that comes to me, or he that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven not to do mine own will, but the will of him that sent me. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he has given me, um, I should lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone which seeth the Son and believes on him may have everlasting life. And I will raise him up at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I am the bread which came down from heaven. And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he said, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, don't murmur among yourselves. No man can come to me except the father which hath sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Every man, therefore, that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man hath seen the Father, save he which is of God, he hath seen the Father. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believes on me has everlasting life. I am that bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, 
how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And I will raise him up at the last day. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him. As the living Father has sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which cometh down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna, and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at him, he said unto them, Doth this offend you? What and if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit, and they are life. But there are some of you that believe not. Hear the word. There are some who don't believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered them, Have not I chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Praise God, that ends the reading of the chapter. And I simply have inserted just a few uh, times to cause us to contemplate. So as we go back, if you have points that you'd like to make, I surely have some that I'd like to make. Please share them. So, uh, Tony, before I begin, I just see this. Uh, Tony Ritchie writes, it was something we just do not deserve, but because of the heart of the Heavenly Father, Christ became that sacrificial lamb just to make us sons and daughters of the kingdom, and we don't take it lightly. Now we can go to his presence without any limitations and or barriers. Amen. That is what we do when we remember him as we take that communion with our fellow uh, brothers and sisters or alone. If you're home, you're in worship, and, and uh, you take communion, you are also in fellowship with the Father. Therefore, it is a moment of remembrance. Thank you for that, Tony. Um, and we have another, praise God for his love 
and merciful kindness towards men. Okay, so now as I read that, honestly, reading reading these words are so powerful um, that you almost don't even want to interrupt the reading because of the power that is contained. Remember, Jesus Christ is the living word. Um, and Pastor, you can you know tell me it, it, you just unmike yourself. It's been speaking. I'll mic myself and allow it to be so. So I already commented that um, John t- in the gospel tells the events as if they were happening in chronological order. And for John, I'm sure they are happening in chronological order. <laughs> I just don't know if they're happening as closely as it seems as we read. But because it's written that way for me, it makes it sound like one continuous story that reveals Jesus Christ and his work when he was on this earth. And therefore it really connects and causes me to follow logically what is happening here, as well as constant inserts so that we hear the fulfillment of prophecy coming forth. For example, Moses did indeed say that there would come one who would give bread from heaven. I think it's in the book of Deuteronomy. And they were there getting manna from heaven. And Jesus Christ here, even before he does that teaching, even before John uh, restates for us the miracle that happens there with the feeding of the 5,000 men seated on that grass, he has demonstrated exactly what happened in that wilderness. That manna fell from heaven, right? The manna came down every day, every day. And they didn't even have to store it up, can it up, do anything. In fact, Jesus, uh, God told them not to store it. Let it go. Whatever was left over, let it go. And uh, some of them tried to do it and found out that they shouldn't have done it, right? Because it would be filled with the wiggly. So, you know, it would spoil and, um, and they couldn't eat it the next day. Here, Jesus does the same thing. He literally takes a, uh, the elements that are provided within the realm of the physical, this human realm. He then multiplies it such that it is more than enough to feed 5,000 people who, by the way, are in their own wilderness, in the darkness. They have yet to recognize the light of the world. They have yet to see that the Messiah they waited for has come. And so Jesus teaches them afterwards. And he asked Philip, where are we going to get the food? You're right. It was a proof. I'm with you. I perform miracles. Do you see who I am? Can you see who I am? Do you believe? Because I've already demonstrated I've already, I've already shown you, right, that I am the uh, everlasting uh, Savior. I am he that was to come. I am here. And of course, Philip, like most of us, would fail. He failed. 
Well, you know, we don't have enough money to go and buy, but then Simon Peter, who comes a little bit closer to uh, believe, as a young lad, you know, he's got these little five loaves and fishes, whatever, how much ever that was. At least he offers that God might be able to do something right. And uh, God indeed, Jesus Christ did indeed um, take that which was given and multiplied it. So, Pastor, are you are you speaking? Pastor Thomas. Okay. So <clears throat> he goes on then to explain uh, to these people who were looking for him on the uh, at the at the place where he had fed them, right? They're looking for him and saying, "Where were you? You know, we came looking for you, but where were you?" And uh, so Jesus tells them that that you're not looking for me because you saw a miracle. You you've seen miracles, and they were following him because they had seen miracles because of what he had done in healing others, right? But he said, you're following me because you ate the bread. Now, you know what, guys? I did a um, podcast uh, uh, some time ago. I think uh, my co-host was, I don't remember if Gab's was my co-host or not, Light Touch. But I did this one, and I referenced uh, people that I met who will turn back from their fellowship with God, and they will say something like, he, this isn't working for me. This isn't working for me. And in that podcast, I said, well, you know, you want God to work for you, but really and truly, <laughs> what have you done for him lately? You know, that whole idea, God is God. And if we come to him and ask him for something, but we have had no fellowship with him, and then you don't get exactly what you want when you want it, exactly how you want it. And you step back and say, okay, he's not there. You know, he's really not real. I'm saying, what chance, I mean, do you think he is your genie to rub and have a magic thing happen in front of you? Which I'm telling you, many times he will do such a thing. Many all through my life, no matter where I was in, in, in my own sin nature, Jesus Christ kept me. I guess maybe the difference is I believed from, from birth. I can't remember when I didn't believe. And the requirement seemingly is that we believe, right? Is that we believe. And, and then we have at least an opportunity to um, enter into a relationship wherein you will see the miracles of God. Many of us have. Many of us have. Uh, Pastor Thomas, are you there? Yes, ma'am. All righty, so go right ahead and speak if you will. No, I, 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 what thought came to my mind, I had a question for the people on the line. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's possible to believe and not have faith. Okay, a pastor has posed a question to you. Do you think it is possible to believe and not have faith? And we're gonna wait 
for that answer. Anybody want to uh, want to take on that question? Anyone want to respond? Why they are thinking? I just want to add. Um, oftentimes we go to God and we ask God for things, and being that God is all knowing, He knows very thing we are asking. We can't handle it or we ain't going to handle it properly. He also, the scripture says, if you delight yourself in him, he'll give you the desires of your heart. Another scripture in Matthew says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all else will be added unto you. Psalms 84 and 11 says, he is the sun and the shield. He's grace and he's mercy, and he will not withhold no good to those who live upright. So we can ask God all day long, but receiving what God has for us is predicated or based on our obedience, based on wanting to have a relationship with him. And the very thing that we ask God for can't be so self-centered in spite of the fact that he said in John 15, seven, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, I'll give you the desires of your heart. Submitting, acknowledging, asking, and believing by faith means when you ask, you already know it's done. You, 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 it is not or it may not come when you want it, but it's going to come when you're ready to receive it and utilize it. And that's what we have to understand. We can't put God on a timetable. And then when we go to God, like Sister Phyllis said, you, you want God to serve you, answer your prayers. And I'm not talking about anybody on this line particularly, but what are we doing? Are we doing our part so that he could do his part? See, because if we're abiding and allowing him to abide in us, he said, I'll give you the desires of your heart. So we got to look at all of those things. And one thing I, I was pick, picking up about Jesus and John, that John, Jesus was setting them up because Jesus took care of every situation that came their way, every obstacle, everything that in the natural. Now, this is we got to understand, too. Jesus is speaking spiritual, but he's using natural metaphors. The disciples are receiving it naturally. See, they talk, when he said bread, they thinking food bread. And Jesus is thinking food bread, but it's spiritual food, not natural. You see, God sets us up so that we can grow in faith. Because if you just look back over your life and look at some of the situations and circumstances you may have had, and how God worked that thing out, you got to say, thank you, Jesus. Because you know it wasn't no one you knew. You know you didn't do it. It was something supernatural. Now, anybody got an answer to that question? Can you, have, can you believe and not have faith?
just a teaching moment. That's all it is. I rather believe it is a moment to contemplate what the question asks and in light of the scriptures to uh, let the word speak back to us. Remember when he asked um, Philip, right? Philip, what are we going to feed all of these people? And I'm, I'm going back to it. I really do want to go back to it. Okay, hold on one sec. Um, it is in verse seven, I think, probably verse seven. Um, Philip, had, Philip was one of the disciples. He had been walking with Jesus. He had viewed and seen him at work. Even the crowd had followed because they saw Jesus dealing with diseased people. They were looking at uh, miracles. So, okay, we have a we have a uh, an answer. Uh, Light touch says yes, I think so. Light touch says she thinks so because we think in the natural. Mostly, our responses are in the natural, not spiritual. So, Pastor Thomas, what say ye? And you will have to unmute. I didn't. Dang, I didn't know I was mute. Sorry. Well, how about this? Mm -hmm. God's goal for mankind is to get us out of the natural and to walk in the spirit. The scripture says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Okay? How can you believe something if you ain't got faith in it? This chair that we sit on every day at our job, in our house, or whatever the case is, we automatically have faith that chair is going to hold us. So we believe it'll hold us. So in order to believe something, you have to have faith in it. And that's the problem we got. We know God's good. We know God, well, I'm not going to say everybody knows He's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can actually think according to the power that worketh within us. There are many people who believe God. You ever heard people who pray and pray the same prayer, asking God to do the same thing as though God is deaf? The only reason, well, one of the reasons why we do that is because we don't believe, we don't have faith that he's going to do it. The scripture said, be anxious for nothing, but through prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, make your request made known. See, and once you ask God to do something and you have faith that he's going to do it, that frees you up. You can go on to something else. But if you keep coming back to the altar, asking him, do the same thing, that's evidence that you don't have faith that he's going to do it. Because he's not going to do it just because you asked 500 times. It's not based on how many times. It's based on you believing that he will. One scripture says this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything 
according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, this is just the confidence. We know whatsoever we ask, he shall give us the petition we so desire. So when I ask God for a healing on my life, I ask God for some finances. I have faith in his word that he will give it to me because I'm living a certain way primarily. And that the Bible said that he's not a man that he should repent or the son of man that I'm sorry, he is not a man that he should repent. Lie. Right. So if he says it, he can back it up. So when I ask him and I believe he's going to do it because he said he would, I don't have to go back. You say you believe, not you, but you say you believe God is a healer. So you say, God, heal my body. Oh, God, help me heal my body. And every day you ask him to heal your body. That's unbelief. Because you asked him, he heard you. And every time we go back to God with the same thing, we uproot what we initially asked him to do. So to say that you can believe and not have faith, that's like an oxymoron because faith is belief. It's, almost, it's just about one of the same. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believe on him shall, whosoever shall believe on him, whosoever should believe on him shall not perish. So you get a reward for believing, right? And then you get eternal life. But in order to believe him, you got to be, have faith in him. That makes sense? Did that, how that sound to anybody? Help me out. All right, so Light Touch has responded again. Uh, it, uh, she says it does make sense. Uh, heretofore, however, <clears throat> she says to walk in the spirit, not after the flesh, ask believing, <clears throat> have faith. <clears throat> it all makes sense. <clears throat> Excuse me, but, oh no, no buts to that. That is it. What happened with the disciples? Um, they were slow in the beginning to get it. They were slow to get it. But the more, uh, the longer they walked with him, the more they saw and experienced, the more they heard and were taught, the stronger their belief. And their faith in him continued. Um, Jesus Christ was such a phenomenal kind of um, personage that these people who watched him, they believed enough to want to make him a king. They wanted really to grab him and to put him up because they were looking for someone to loose them from the um, Roman uh, rule, right? And the Jewish people themselves thought that they had never been in bondage to anyone, though they had. I mean, I don't know why those words came out, because they really were taken. Um, and, and we could, you know, talk about that a little bit. But nonetheless, it is uh, 
I am slow to get it, the light touch says. I'm thankful to God that he knows me and he knows my humanity. And the longer we walk with him, though, the more we get it, right? The more opportunities we have to trust him and to um, wait for him to do whatever it is we ask, then the more we will begin to be the witness of what he has done and the stronger our faith will grow. And when they offered to make him king, I'm trying to see where is the, um, I think about verse 15, it may be down there. Um, that he, he slipped away. He, he went, he went away so that they wouldn't even have to do that because it was not what he came to do. So I, I, I'm bringing that up because we reckon things in our natural mind. We reason through a thing and then we come up with a conclusion based on our reasoning. Now, it is very important to recognize that Jesus Christ, that God gave us the capacity to reason. We really do have that capacity. Along with it, however, the nature of man is that we use our reasoning to become our own, <laughs> our own what? Authority, right? We just think that everything that we think and everything that we reason and all the things that we uh, feel about are, are right. We think we're right in every, every matter, right? And so that brings us into a failure in our belief. And our faith then is limited by our reasoning. You think, I'm asking the Lord to do this for me, but you know, I can work. So instead of asking the Lord to really provide miraculously for things that I need, I will then look for a way to go out and provide it for myself. In other words, I can work. You know what I mean? If I get a good education and maybe some of that we ought to do. Indeed, some we ought to do uh, because God also gives us, um, uh, you know, guidance in, in work, right? Some we ought to do, but beyond what we can do, we do indeed believe for the greater that only God can do. So I suppose that answers itself. But these people wanted to make him a king. And he didn't come to be an earthly king. He came to do exactly what he did. Die on the cross, pay the sin price for you and for me, and to conquer death. That those of us who do indeed walk after the Spirit, we walk after the Spirit. We are never going to be um, equal with God. We are going to be like Jesus Christ, similar to him. In comparison, we're going to take upon us attributes that are in Christ's um, nature. That we will do. And then the work will be finished when indeed we are brought into the uh, very place where we're all hoping to get. But in even in that place, we won't be able to create a, create a world or sustain the millions of people who are in a world. We will, according to God's word, rule and reign with him still under his authority. So 
yes, I believe it is it's possible to 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 be in faith as well, and and to walk in belief and not demonstrate faith, um, because we don't know how. Uh, many times we just really don't know where we end and where the power of God uh, will take over and do. But he, we didn't come to be a king. He came to do what he did. I love this discussion that he gives uh, on the bread. What? Should, let's see, I, I need to be in my Bible now and looking at some other things. You know, for many, many, I guess a long time, making the connection between uh, eating his body as bread and drinking his blood, which really did confuse those uh, disciples who were following and watching him. And um, they're saying, show us the works that you do so that we can believe. He said, good gracious. I well, if, you know, if, if he were me, he's not me. Jesus Christ is not nearly as impatient. But I say, good gracious. Did you not just, you know, have you, haven't you seen me at work? Why do I have to give you more evidence of who I am? But they were asking for that. And Jesus Christ begins to um, give them a teaching on, on it. He begins to explain what, what he's talking about with regards to the bread that was given from heaven. He continues uh, with that whole, oh, I wish I, you know, we, I get off a little bit. He says, except you eat of the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whosoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. Now, what he's talking about is the, the spiritual substance. What will we ingest? What will we take in to ourselves that will cause us to live in eternity, to never die? or to ever never thirst. These are the two greatest requirements of men on earth to be sustained. One is to have food and the other is to have water. We gotta have them both, right? You have to have sustenance, not just any old food you've got. And bread was filled with nutrients. So he compares that to his, his body, to bread. And when we accept that, when we take that, um, then we are nourished spiritually. And the water, of course, is that which keeps you from a dryness, from uh, uh, being a thirsty for something that you don't even know. You don't know what you need to quench that thirst. But the blood of Jesus Christ, which was sacrificed on that cross, is the cleansing water and it is also his himself the blood contains the life the life is in the blood it is written in the book of genesis which is why the uh, shedding of blood was for the remission of sins and so when we accept and drink the blood that jesus has taken in as it were we know we'll never thirst again and when we eat or take in his body, we accept that broken body, which is the communion that we take. We then are nourished uh, spiritually. Alrighty, so those two elements are satisfied as we are um, 
nourished by God in these ways, right? From the cross on down. So when they, they were saying that, this is a hard saying, you know? Remember when he told Nicodemus, you, you're a master in the world and you don't understand what I'm explaining to you. So these guys are listening for what? They're listening to criticize. They're listening to not understand. He said to them, you are, are, you didn't follow me because you saw the miracles. You follow me because you ate. So their minds were on their uh, earthly uh, fulfillment. And then they go on to make him king once again, thinking that this is the end of all things, this life that we have on this earth. But it is not. Jesus came to do what he did to establish that there is indeed a glorious eternity. And he came from it and he went back to it. Okay, guys, you know, these chapters are so powerfully packed uh, with, with um, information, right? I think I do service. I take a lot of notes, but I rarely get through uh, all of them. There are some points that I would love to actually work over with you. Our, our hour goes very quickly when we are uh, truly engaged. And so I just love the comments. That was a really great question, Pastor Thomas, uh, for us to contemplate. And as I started, I asked the audience to contemplate that word, believe. What is it that Jesus Christ is teaching? Because he uses the word throughout this gospel, uh, at least so far, so much that you've got to stop and you got to say, okay, do I really believe? Do I believe? Yes, do I believe? And of course you do, because you've come to him. But the, just contemplating the word, you will ask the Lord to give you a real sense of belief as you believe in this world. There isn't anything that uh, you would want in the world Right. When you sit on a chair, seriously, I mean, it's physical. It's right there. You kind of know it's going to uh, hold unless you weigh too much for the uh, weight that it is, you know, made to bear. But pretty much we have faith in those things that we can see. But God is a spirit and they who uh, we, we must recognize that. And so when we ask him for things, we're asking for a spiritual thing that we ask God to manifest in the physical. Healing is, when, when he heals, it is spiritual, but it is manifest in the flesh, in the body, in the natural. And that's why I believe uh, sometimes we are reluctant to believe that God will do a thing for us because it has to come out of a place that we cannot see. It has to be manifest from what you don't see into what you do see, right? And so contemplated. I think that question was wonderful. And I think, uh, I, be, I know the question was wonderful. And I know that God's word is equally wonderful. Whatsoever things you desire, as pastor quoted the scripture, if you abide in me and my word abides in you, you can ask whatever you will and it shall be given you. These are the words of Jesus Christ. And then we will have to, um, we'll have to like battle a little bit more with that because I asked for my mother not to die. You know, we can ask for some things that are out of 
the the uh, plan and 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 will of God in that time, right? We can ask, and it doesn't happen. And I, I I know that I believe I believe I believe I truly believe that God could raise a man from the dead right here, right now, and yet He didn't do it. But He did satisfy me when He didn't do it. In that He spoke. And that's what we want. We want such a close relationship with him that you can hear him, that you can see with his eye, be guided by him through and by the Holy Spirit. That's what we want. And then whatsoever we desire will line up with the plan because we do believe. Praise be to God. It's really good. Pastor Thomas, have you further to speak? Want want to say anything else? You must unmute yourself. Okay, so we have in the studio with us Mary Curtin. Welcome, Mary. So glad you're here. Tamru is here. Thank you very much. Yes. Okay. Sorry, I'm trying to get unmuted. Mm, okay. Because me, I too ask my mom, uh, God to spare my mom. Yeah. And just like our parents who love us dearly, they will not give us everything we ask for. Nor will God give us everything we ask for because he wants our will to be part of his will because his will is the greater will. When he created us, he gave us all a measure of faith. This is the part you got to get. One scripture says that God laughs at the wisdom of man. Or the, it's foolishness to God. And I'm saying that to say that God wants us to live outside of our natural restrictions. The scripture says, Ephesians 3, 20, unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or think. So in order to please God or in order to be in connection or, or be in covenant with God, we got to believe the unbelievable and expect the unexpected because God supersedes anything we know. This is why if you notice the scripture, he tries to get us away from our own thinking. Acknowledge him. Lean not to your own understanding because God is all about, he is so above our understanding and this is where he needs to take us in order for us to walk like he did. Jesus said, if you believe in the works that I do, you shall do also and greater works than these. So you, we have to learn how to walk by faith and not by sight. We have to learn that in our naturalness. See, when I pray for healing, my healing is done before it's naturally manifested. Amen. Think about that. The, 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 check this out. Be, because if you see it, then you don't have to believe in it. You just know it's there. The believing part is based on God saying, I'll do it. 
right? I got one more scripture and I'm done. There's a scripture that says, they honor me with their mouth and they praise me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. All those people back in those days, not all of them, but a lot of them, they exalted Christ. They said they loved him because they saw what he did. So their love uh, and whatever else you want to call it was, was based on receiving something. But how many of them disbelieved him before he did anything? How many of us just know God is able and, and he said he'll do it before he does it? That's where we got to go. That's where we got to get to. Believing the word of God before we see the manifestation of it. Because you got to believe it. You got to see it before you can receive it. That's why a lot of us are not receiving what we ask God for because we truly, truly don't believe him for it. We're still skeptical. We're still double-minded. We're still unstable. If he said it, it's settled. That's where we got to get to. Praise God. Thank you. All right. Um, you have so heard. And I thought I made the point as well. Uh, the Lord satisfies, right? So when we ask him, uh, it lines up with his will and his way. And so if you are having questions, you might want to join Pastor John Thomas on his question and answer line uh, of the night, Tuesday nights at eight o'clock. And uh, we had given that number out before. If you email me, definitely I will uh, send you his uh, line number with his permission. So uh, Tam says, "Is okay, wait a minute, let me get it. So on the scripture, he quoted, which one was it? I didn't, <laughs> he quoted a few. <laughs> That's why I asked the question. I have included my um, email. It's phyllis at rehobothinstitute.org. You can email if you want to, and I didn't get a chance to write the last word. If you want to read one of the chapters with us and share in the com commenting, uh, or if you have a particular point that you'd like to make uh and also these works and greater shall he okay that one i got you okay yes so uh we're we are we are working towards the works of god he says that it is to believe right to believe the works of god and we want to believe and i with you pray that the lord will um but also that one, okay, <laughs> uh, that the Lord will um, guide us into the truth of what it means to truly believe. Definitely, you can't, it, it, even to be, begin to believe, you have to come with a measure of faith. You've got that, right? <clears throat> and what we do is cultivate what God has given us by being in fellowship with him, staying in his word, Remember, he is he is meat, he's bread, he is water. And these are the everlasting sort, not of the temporal, not the meat that you eat today and then you're hungry tomorrow, not the bread that you eat today and you're undernourished tomorrow, not the water that you drink today and you need more water tomorrow, but the water that 
keeps us ever being thirsty again, are the bread that keeps us from ever uh, needing nourishment further. And we want to stay in his word to do so. So he says, okay, so um, I was going back to read a few things. Which scripture were you thinking of, Tam? Okay, no, I'm sorry. I uh, Light Touch wrote, praise be to God, amen. So thankful that God is merciful and long-suffering towards me. Good question and very thought-provoking. Just draw me nearer to thee, O Lord. God bless me to walk by faith and not by sight. In the mighty and matchless name of Jesus Christ, amen. By the way, guys, you know, that is such a, that's that's a large conversation. That's a conversation that we could uh, have and talk more and more on it. We were... Um, you know, in in this in this segment, we don't have enough time to really, uh, really, really dig, dig deep, deeper. Um, but we should dig deeper. And many times, uh, Pastor, I am muting you so that there is no feedback. If you don't mind, uh, while I while I talk, and then I'll unmute you, or you can unmute yourself if you want to speak. Um, what I what I'm saying is when when we as as being uh, fellow in fellowship with God, in fellowship with God through his word, much will come. We're in fellowship with one another and we do, you know, hear uh, good words from, from uh, pastors, etc. But nothing is quite the same as sitting in your own uh, quiet place in fellowship with the Lord in his word and in prayer and letting him speak to your heart based on other things that have been taught us, right? Now, I'm not discounting anything. I am adding to our growth in Christ. He will bring you a mighty long way, as it is said, and you will begin to uh, be able to receive from his bounty those things which are so um what is the word? They don't, the, the human mind doesn't want to really grasp or let go. Okie dokie. So I am so glad that you're all here. Pastor, if you want to speak now, you may. So any last words? Thank you for the hearts. They're beautiful. I love them. I just love seeing them come up. Thank you also for the claps. Amen. Amen. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm 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 good. I'm good. I just thank God for your your podcast, man. And uh, you know, my we have a Monday opened, and you are more than welcome to take that Monday. And dig deep. Hmm. We shall speak. Okay. Okay.
With, yes, we do praise him. And I'm going to mute you again because you are really, there's a lot of feedback from, from your channel tonight, unfortunately. I would love to keep it wide open so we could just be very spontaneous, you know, in and out. But uh, the feedback is is great. Thank you guys for being a part. Oh, you're so um, much a part of what the Lord is doing in, with, and around me. I really look forward to our visits and our time together. Pastor has just offered something that I'm going to talk with him about, and we will get into it. Um, I am in, in a moment in time extremely, you know, like, oh my goodness, overdone here, and I have to get uh, back in order with the Lord. I have to fix that uh, because I really would love to have that Monday night open as well. So we shall see how the Lord works through it. By faith, I will trust him to guide me and to show us how to do it. Definitely, this uh, discussion of faith is one that we need to dive deep into. And isn't it an amazing thing? I was speaking earlier, and the word dive in, because I always say, let's dive in, right? I know what I was listening to a podcast. And when I heard it, for my, you know, my, it was my voice. Of course, I separate myself and I'm listening like everyone else. I saw me diving into a pool and you know, I used to swim and I would dive into 10 feet of water, right? And when you dive, you go down deep, you go deep in. And while you're there, there is a different world altogether. There are things that you discern um, that's different than when you're just swimming, you know, you, 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 really you're kind of swimming surface-wise. We're not walking on water, but you're swimming and propelling yourself through at the surface level. But when you go deep, you're not doing that. There's no chance to breathe. You are su being sustained by a capability that God has given us. And when we sit with Christ, we can really have that capability. You can stop your own inhaling, exhaling to be, uh, to, to take in the oxygen, the life, the bread, the, oh my goodness, the, the water, the living water from the Lord himself. That's what it means to dive in, to dig, to dive in and to go deep, to get away from your mind and to allow the mind of God to instruct you and me. Those moments are the best moments of my life. And if you are in that place where you too are diving in, in a personal way, you know they're the best moments of your life. Nothing compares to the moment when we fellowship with our Father. One-on-one. -on -one. And then corporately, we discuss, we talk, we dive deep. But after you've, after you've had those conversations and that fellowship, you go home, consider it in prayer, fast, however the Lord leads you. Whatever the Holy Spirit speaks, you want to hear it and you want to move upon it in a very serious way. May our Father be praised. He is wonderful. Remember, day unto day, utter speech and all over the world, 
the speech of God's creative power is speaking. And in these very chaotic and very strange days, we must have faith that God's plan is in action and that we are in the kingdom. Therefore, our governance is from him, our guidance from, from him, our food is from him. Our, the plan for our lives and purpose, our protection is in him. And with that, I thank God for Pastor Thomas and everyone who was in the spirit in the audience tonight, the um, live studio here. And I want you to know that I have thoroughly enjoyed you. I hope that you have taken something from this session. We just read from the Gospel of John a very, very, we didn't even dive as deep into it as I would want to. But I realized to get really deep in it, we are going to spend a lot more time and we don't want to take up your whole evening. So with that, let us go rejoicing and thanking God for his goodness and for this amazing, wonderful, miraculous word. This has been Wow, What a Show. I invite you to come again. May our God bless and keep you in every way. And with that, I say good night. Thank you for being with me. Bye.